Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. Chelsea back and Chelsea back with a win. Three wins in a row. What is this? Some uncharted territory we're entering here at Chelsea. Over two months unbeaten now at the bridge. What is this? Anyway, to join me to discuss a fairly routine FA Cup third round victory over Preston North End. It's Gabs. Gabs, how are we doing, my man? Happy New Year, Nick. Happy New Year, listeners. And happy dry January to all taking part, such as myself. Yeah. I mean, we're winning at home. Life is good. Life is on the up. What can I say? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Exactly. Not bad. And for any listeners who give a shit, New Year's Day was... I woke up New Year's Day to find that I'd won both my fantasy championships, uh, fantasy football championships in, in draft, in redraft and dynasty. So I was like, that's a very good start. Uh, and then, you know... That was basically as good as New Year's Day got because I went to the cinema later and a fire alarm went off halfway through a film. So I had to go back and watch it <laughs> the next day and next evening and, and watch it from start. But thankfully, no fire alarm went off there. So it was all it was all good. Um, One Life, if anyone's interested. Great film about Nicholas Winton. Um, anyway, as always, do guests, I get them to give themselves a plug. So, Gaz, where can people find you if they wanted to see your ramblings about Chelsea, about cricket, about your local Swindon, who uh, unfortunately, you know, again, through the way at the end yesterday so we the wait goes on for us to find a day where Chelsea and Swindon both win a game of football um but yeah just tell people where they can find you <laughs> yeah that's impossible that <laughs> uh one GFB so Oscar November Echo Dolph Foxtrot Bravo one GFB lovely, lovely stuff Gabs's link will be in the description below and I said when I took the pod out as well his ad will be in the title tweet right Gabs Chelsea played Preston North End and won Four nil yesterday. It was nice, you know, just nice to get through to the third round after last year's sort of what happened last year. Um, it meant that Chelsea are now unbeaten in each of their last twenty-eight games against uh, games against lower league opposition across both the FA Cup and League Cup. No giant killings allowed. Yeah, the last mm-hmm. game would be that that did not happen. Would be that Bradford game four-two in twenty fifteen. Uh, just like, just what were your thoughts on the game? Because as I said, probably a tale of two halves is a is a nice way to. To sum it up, but it was, yeah, just, you know, one of those games that in the end, quality showed in the end, it was very comfortable, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's the perfect way of summarising it, really. I think first half, I think I texted you and a few others saying it was hard to tell, you know, who really was the Premier League side. I think it was, there was evidence there, but 
one team was clearly drilled, knew exactly what they were doing. The other one kind of seemed devoid of ideas. And then it was clear Pops got into the lads at half time because second half it was it was like night and day really. Just more energy. You could tell the fitness levels were higher as well, because I think Preston tailed off after the first went in. And no, all round, I think that's what you want really in a cup. You you want to get some confidence into players, score a lot of goals, and more importantly, your name in the hat. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And as we know, at least, you know, there will be one big name that goes out this round of the FA Cup with Arsenal playing Liverpool later today. And they said, it's about getting the job done. And they said, never take it for granted, the FA Cup, you know, never take. We've seen a lot. We've seen Premier League teams go out, lower league teams. Uh, and, we, you know, Aston Villa required a late winner at Aston Villa. Uh, Aston Villa required a late winner at Middlesbrough last night, etc. who we've got next. So it's not, you know, you never take it for granted and said it was It was nice. It was It was job done in the end, even if there was a lot of frustration about it. Gaz, the first half, let's be honest, that was pretty dull and pretty, pretty insipid. It was a game where we probably didn't move a ball around fast enough. Like, I kind of got what we were doing, trying to tie them out, etc., but we kind of got the ball and we didn't really do much with it. Poor Enzo Fernandez picked out a couple of real nice passes, uh, but there wasn't a lot of movement around for him. Obviously, I guess this moment is Cole Palmer. Uh, he plays a lovely ball for Cole Palmer and Palmer sort of chips wide. And then there's obviously, uh, I think, a ball he plays into Broyer or something. That shot gets gets blocked. Um, but Gabs, I guess, the stand-up player on that first half and then, again, essentially... In the, in the hour he was on the pitch, probably was Alfie Gilchrist, his game by numbers, 100% tackles, 100% dribbles completed, 94% pass accuracy, 79% touches, 62 out of 66 passes completed, 2 out of 3 long balls completed, 2 out of 2 ground jewels won, 2 clearances, and Gaz, this was sort of him playing like a, in a right-back role as well, not, not his uh, centre-back position we started him. Obviously a first start for Alfie, I mean, yeah, in a, fir- in a first half and period which was not the most inspiring, I guess Gilchrist and Enzo were probably really the main two, two standouts, weren't they? Yeah, those two were the only ones I thought in the first half playing well, playing at a pace which I think you normally see in the Premier League. I think those two had urgency about them. Enzo was moving the ball quickly, one touch move, one touch move. Gilchrist, I felt when he when Preston tried to break because I noticed what Preston tried to do a lot in the first half was hit the diagonals quickly, hit the diagonals quickly and isolate the wing backs. And I thought Gilchrist every time I don't know who he was up against on that. Um, on that right-hand side. But every time that left wigger ran out, and I felt confident that he was going to keep up with him. I felt confident that he wasn't going to get past him. And um, when Gilchrist found himself in space, he was always looking to go forward immediately. And I think against a team like Preston, who you know are going to sit back and try and wait for that mistake, then get you on the counter. I thought Enzo and Gilchrist, the way they were just kind of breaking up and just eliminating any sort of Preston counter-attack was what we kind of needed that first half. Yeah, yeah. Um, I said, the first half was pretty done on Spine, but even though at that point said Chelsea probably could have been too up with chance made. Enzo obviously had a header uh, straight at the keeper as well. Um, but guys, really, that game is just killed off in the space of 10 minutes, in the 11 minutes in the space of that second half. Three goals in 11 minutes. Kills it off. Chelsea just kind of go through the gears needed. Uh, and that first goal scorer, Armando Bro, yeah, it's a lovely cross uh, from Malagusta, who I will get on to sh- shortly. Uh, it means no players has, has provided more assists at Stanford Bridge across all competitions so far this season than Malagusta and Matt's assists in back-to-back home games. Um, but Gabs, Armando, and this is where I will throw in sort of the first listener question or two. Uh, one of them comes in from, from a fellow 
I think you and I may may know um, a fellow called JR uh, who asked, does Gab still back Broyer to come good? And then Jam, who asked, thoughts on Broyer, do we play to his strengths? What does he need to work on? Uh, Gaz, I obviously know from our conversations, you are quite you're quite big on Armando, and obviously he's going to be the player we we're going to be needing to rely on with, with Jackson now at, at Afcon. What did you kind of make of Armando yesterday? It was I thought you know he probably you know it, it was quite telling, but when he got the best service of the game, he got he scored and then hit the bar with one. Um, maybe sometimes his movement, you know, in that first off was a bit frustrating. Maybe getting into the same areas as as other players, and you know maybe his sort of indecision making in sort of where he was trying to get to but what did you kind of just make of his his performance and in answer to into gab's into jl's question do you still back him to come good and what does you know into jam's question what does he need to to work on do we play to his strengths etc first and foremost thank you jr for the question shout out jr my um, away day ticket plug um to be honest i thought Broyer actually kind of summed up chassis performance really first half i thought i wasn't i wasn't amused at all really I thought he was quite sluggish um, when he did hold up the ball, because, you know, he's a physical presence, he's a big guy, he'll hold up the ball, he'll then go back a few yards of the ball and not get his head up to see people who've gone round him and then, like, either lay back or lay it off. He was just immediately, like, turn over the ball. It's like, come on, man, you've got the physical presence. You should be better, you should be better than this than any player we have, considering your size. And, um, and then I think it was pretty talent. I, I'm actually made note of this in the first half. Palmer ran past him to start the high press a fair few times. As did Mudrick, as did Sterling. I didn't once see Broya sprint to close down one of the centre-backs or a keeper to start the high press. It was always one of the Mudrick's running past him. And I think, for me, when your striker's doing that, it kind of raised the level because then it actually makes the whole team sort of press and narrow together. But I thought he was quite lethargic in the fact that he wasn't really having the presence of mind to do that. And then when the ball was coming in around the box, he, he wasn't really moving much. So everything was kind of to be, everything was narrow and compact. And then I don't know what Potts said to him at half time, but credit to him. I mean, he was moving more. Look how he found space in the box for the header. And also to be fair, probably the, I think the second header he hit the crossbar was, was probably harder, or probably easier, sorry. Um, and also, as soon as the first went in, did you see how quickly he closed down the keeper? Could have had a second in what, in space of 10 seconds? It just shows, really, a bit of confidence here. And you can just go from being, what is he, six foot to about 12 foot tall. I just hope now, with Borough coming up, another, another team of that sort of press and level, that he can kind of kick on and just build on that confidence now. Because he's seen over the last few weeks, when he does get into a good position... He's either taking too many touches or he's trying to dummy, just not having the killer instinct to shoot straight away. So I'm just kind of open now, just with a goal, that confidence can kind of build. Because I think we've seen, especially where it might have been Everton, where he got barred off the ball once and his head just dropped. And even the same with Wolves, after the, after the missed dummy and the mistimed shot, his head kind of went down, which is where you could see that he's still young. So I think. Jackson's probably still ahead in the pecking order because as much as I've bad enough Jackson this season, you get a bit of Timo Werner in there where you can see there is effort. I would say passion, but he's getting booked for the sense. I don't you know if you could say that's passion and such. Um, there's probably more annoyance on his behalf. 
But I think it's a really good chance of Bruyne now. Two championship teams in a week. And then Fulham on Saturday, who he scored against earlier this season. So just build a bit of confidence and build a bit of um, confidence and actually kind of become in the conversation for, okay, this bloke potentially could be a Chelsea striker. And this isn't one of the players we should be looking to sell to kind of raise funds, as we know as well, popularly, very well documented at the moment. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. I thought, yeah, Armando, second half certainly made more to, to stake a case. And, you know, I don't think that game's necessarily going to really alter many people's perspectives on Armando, given that it is pressure in the championship. But it was nice that, you know, he scored a goal and kind of, you know, did the job that was required of a striker and what you'd expect of a striker against a lower league uh, team in the cup. Uh, Gabs, obviously, that is assisted by Malo Gusto. Obviously, he's playing left back. Um, I guess it's quite handy to know that he's potentially, you know, also, as well as being the best right back we have available right now, but potentially also the best left back. Um, his form in recent weeks has been, you know, really encouraging to see. He's put in some really big performances. And I guess, Gabs, I mean, we're looking at it now, but there's all, I think there's genuinely, you can make the case that under this new ownership, he's potentially the best best signing this club has actually made in terms of performance when you factor in that, you know, the performances he's put in, the cost and how much he, you know, his his versatility and his age. Obviously, you know, there's been other a lot of young players signed and they've also been good performances. I mean, obviously, some people would probably say, you know, Cole Palmer and I'd, you know, those two. And I'd say that's a very good shout as well. But I think you're looking at just in terms of price and value, like it's probably it's, it's probably between Cole Palmer and, and Malagusto for the best signings this ownership have made so far because he is really good. And it, it is kind of telling that, you know, I said Chelsea are doing, you know, Chelsea do not miss Reese James as much as we have in previous seasons, as I said. And Malagusto is at left back today, and he still puts in a, you know, a lovely cross uh, for for Armando. Just yeah, just thoughts on him because I think he's you know turning out to be a really good signing. I think he's probably one of the most necessary signings we made yet because I think we knew maybe for about four years that Aspilicueta is not a suitable backup option long term for James, just purely on leg purposes. Um. And to be fair, I think apart from maybe a few games where Gusto was kind of in and out due to injury, he's been pretty darn solid so far. Um, about his performance, actually, I made a few notes on him yesterday. I thought, on the left, good, not bad. I know, a really good cross when he actually managed to get onto his right foot. Um, but as a long-term option, I don't really want to see him on the left unless the winger he's with kind of understands how good they play because I thought with Mudrick, what I found is every time the ball was coming up to Gusto, from where his right foot dominated, his first touch would naturally take him inwards. And then Mudrick, instead of go, like kind of getting chalk on his feet, staying outwards, he'd stay inwards. So then when Mudrick got the ball, about three or four Preston players would just automatically swarm him. And I just felt because he is so dominantly right-footed, we were losing that natural whip on that side of the pitch. Therefore, I felt everything was becoming compact. But second half, I know we started on the left before moving to the right. He was actually looking to get more onto his right foot. And then Mudrick was starting to get around him more. And Sterling, when Sterling switched sides as well, was trying to get around him more. So I think there was something in there at half-time where they probably said, right, Armando Bro is tall, very tall. Let's start actually getting the ball into the box to this guy now. Because, I mean, up until the goal... How many crosses did we actually put in the box on both sides? Genuinely, I don't think anyone put any crosses in. So, yeah, good defensively. Very good going forward, as we saw, especially with that goal against um, Palace. 
And, you know, I, I long hope this could, long may this continue because, I mean, it's got to the point now, I don't think we can really rely on James. And the question will be when he comes back, can his body handle being right back? I mean, Tuchel spoke about for a long time his body not being potentially suited to being a right back, but he had to play the right side of a back three. So the possibility could be there where Reese comes back, plays there, and we just keep Custer on the right. Fair enough. But yeah, it's a really good performance from him. Uh, Gabs, Chelsea kind of killed the, killed the game off with a second. Thiago Silva, probably one of his first touches of a, of a ball. Cole Palmer gets the assist, and it now means that Cole Palmer has been directly involved in 15 goals for Chelsea across all competitions so far this season. 20 appearances, 16 of those starts, 8 goals, 7 assists, and that's his 7th goal involvement since the start of December. Gabs, we'll get on to sort of, you know, Thiago Silva, which again is just fair play. You're just very good at football, and like the appreciation just kind of grows for him each week. But Cole Palmer, it's quite interesting, and I guess this is something I thought about. Cole Palmer, I feel that like the beauty of Cole Palmer is that he can basically just be anonymous throughout a game, which can obviously be frustrating when the game is not when you're not ahead in the game and it can be yeah, it can just be frustrating. But then he can just pop up and yes, it's a set piece, right? But it's a good set piece on the head of Thiago Silva, heads home, and that's a goal that kills us off. And I guess Cole Palmer, it feels like he is quite he's one of those players who is quite just efficient when he's on the ball. He doesn't necessarily I never really see him in a game have necessarily loads of touches of a ball, but he just seems to be quite efficient and effective with what he does. And it's not, you know, it's not saying he will ever reach this level of player, but I just think of someone who, you know, you kind of people go compared to maybe sort of later on now, but someone like Messi is sort of just one of those players who just gets the ball, you know, kind of waits for his moment and then sort of pounces. And there is sort of, I feel a little bit of that in Cole Palmer. It's obviously not saying he's going to have a career like Messi or end up being any becoming close to that player, but it does feel that he's just one of those players who's, quite efficient with, with his touches and um, what he does with the ball. I'm starting to notice a serious correlation between Palmer influence and chance performances. When Palmer is miles off it, the performance completely drops. And then when he turns it on, like we say, like an old traffic, for example, we score. And then I think Garth Crooks raised it. I know you went really in on on Palmer after Luton game saying, oh, you know, you should have went on and got a hat-trick, yada, yada. But when Palmer's performance dropped, Chelsea dropped. Like, I know, it's, it's weird. I know, obviously, it's defensive issues, but it's a serious correlation. Serious correlation. It's really weird. Broke's quality, Eddie. I think it's the first time for a long time when someone gets the ball, I get quite excited. I don't know, I don't know how you feel about that, but I just feel like because there's a bit, there's an element of unpredictability to this game. I love it. Yeah, no, no, exactly. You said, you know, that's kind of what, you know, helps us, you know, kill the game off uh, to make it 2-0. And, you know, from then on, it's pretty, pretty comfortable. Raheem Sterling scores a free kick. Um, yeah. And it meant that after just one of his first 168 goals in English club football had come from such a position, Raheem Sterling's last two goals for Chelsea have both come from a direct free kick. <laughs> Just Again, you want to talk about sort of, like we talked about Cole Palmer sort of just being efficient with the ball, you know, the amount of ball he gets. Raheem Sterling is kind of the opposite. He gets a lot of the ball, is pretty inefficient, but then just does things like, and he'll just have a standout moment. Like, obviously, you were a game yesterday, but like Raheem Sterling, I thought was pretty garbage for a lot of that. Rocks up, gets a free kick. Uh, his game by numbers ends up being 52 out of 57 passes completed, 12 touches in the opposition box, five shots, four chances created, four crosses, three big chances created, three shots on target, three successful take ons, one goal one assist. He ends up getting man of a match, which kind of just sums it up. Like, I granted, I should state, I would be wary of really what the BBC 
team said because they were going 4 0. This is a harsh score on Preston, even though if you look at XG, Chelsea's XG was yeah. over four. Preston didn't really do much. And in general, Jonathan Pierce and Danny Gavdon were a thoroughly depressing listen on commentary yesterday. Um, but yeah, so. he's just such a bizarre player. Like, he he's he'll do moments in games that have just got you going wow and he'll he'll chip in like with a goal contribution and then a lot of the time just leave you wildly frustrated with what he's doing like in that first half i found him so frustrating but then in that second half he kind of you know just gets he sort of just does what's what's needed he's such a bizarre player to really sort of watch and analyze because like you know he's he walks away with a man of match award granted off given by the bbc commentary team and he walks away probably like you know on paper like another slow showing and yet you watch that game you're like well, really, you were sort of good for like a, a tiny period in that, that game. But I guess that sort of just shows, I guess, a bit of a frustration with Raheem Sterling, but also then just shows the quality that he does offer this team. Could he be the most confusing player in the Premier League modern era? I can't figure the bloke out. Like, on, honestly, like, he's clearly got the ability, but his decision making. How many times yesterday, genuinely, could he have shot? <laughs> But he'd either dummy it, he'd pass it, he'd pass it. Genuinely, I think he could have walked away about four goals. Legit. I, I can't figure him out for the life of me. Like, everything's there, but it's just, he's got, he hasn't got brain, has he? He hasn't got brain. That's that's the only solution I could come to. I don't think he's got brain. <laughs> he's, he's mustard, but he's also gone off mustard at the same time. <laughs> Weird performance. Yes, the amount of times I think yesterday I've shouted, cross it then. Cross it then, cross it then, and he either beats his man or he just turns over the ball. Even my mum was sort of, I was like, yeah, because I put a mum on me yesterday. She's like, I can see why you're really confused about this guy. Like, he's got a lot of kids' football energy in him. <laughs> and that's our, that's our most experienced player. That's our most experienced player, our most paid player right there. I say most experienced, I mean, second after the silver. But, Kind of sums up where the club is at at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, no, indeed. And then Chelsea get a fourth goal after a laughable long wait for a VAR check after Enzo Fernandez heads home. Um, side point, I will say, yesterday was very funny. The fact that there was a thing called support VAR in the FA Cup this weekend. And yet that re- you know, that support VAR just slowed down the process instead of speeding it up. Uh, there was a there was a VAR check on Thiago Silva's goal from a corner. Like, did they forget the rules? Like, there was no one in his way. The ball literally goes... I was going to say, what was that all about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He basically does, like, you know, far, far less significantly important. But he's basically just, you know, it's just basically a carbon copy of Drogba's header against Munich in the Champions League final 2012. Cross comes in, he, you know... This is just a VAR check for a bit. Like, wait, what? I just went straight to silver and into the back of the net. I'm like, he's not offside. It popped up on the screen. It popped up on the screen, and I was like, oh, someone must have just clicked the wrong button there. And then obviously you text me going, did they really just VAR check that? And I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, bizarre. And then, yeah, support, then, yeah. The, the, one of the longest VAR checks, which again is just quite funny when Jonathan Pierce immediately goes, oh, that's miles offside at the start. <laughs> and then you actually <laughs> see the replay. He's like, oh, no, no, it's actually quite a lot closer. Yeah, it's actually probably onside. And then after a, a wait, Enzo Fernandez gets a goal. He does like the cup competitions now, does Enzo Fernandez. Uh, he scored against AFC Wimbledon in the first round we played in the Carabao Cup this season. And yeah, in the end, Chelsea stroll to a 4-0 win and are through to the next round of the cup. But yeah, again, a performance that you know I wouldn't get carried away by, but it was just job done, and it was it was quite quite nice. And with that, we are going to move on to some listener questions. On a note on Jonathan Pierce quickly, 
Yeah, this is on. the bloke who got confused about goal line technology, so he can't really be that surprised. He did also get Enzo and Mudrick confused yesterday, but to be fair, in his defence, we <laughs> both did have like blonde streaks. In Enzo's case, he did have blonde streaks yeah, streak in his hair, so I, I could be slightly sympathetic there. But but yeah, Jonathan, um, if you're listening, back to Robot Wars, please. It's much easier for you now, pal. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Anyway, I will get on to listener <laughs> questions. And let's start with a question from Dieter. Hi, guys. Will Mudrick ever unlock his potential under Pochett Chelsea? And his second question was, what's your opinion about the baffling first half? I'll get on to that in a sec. Uh, Gaz, will Mudrick unlock, ever look, either unlock his potential under Pochett Chelsea? I mean, I think so. Like, I think, you know, his his, his game is pretty quiet yesterday. But like we're talking about with like Palmer, just for fine margin, Mudrick had I thought a pretty quiet game yesterday. He could have walked away with assist. He puts in a really nice ball for for Armando Tipperbar. And obviously Mudrick, you know, he got that goal um against Newcastle in the Carabao Cup. Like I feel that he's had you know, he gets the goal against Palace, etc. Like I think, yeah, like he's having a decent season for us, considering like the bar and what we saw with him last season and just how raw he was. I mean, I've got confidence that he will unlock his potential under Poch Chelsea. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a quick thing, but I do. I, you know, I think there are certainly signs there, aren't there? That we have got a player on our hands. We just need to sort of mould him. And I think, you know, case example is you seeing Nani Madueke after what is still taking him, you know, taking him a while, taking him a lot longer than other players. But him slowly starting to get to grips with with what's required of him. Yeah, I think that we've definitely seen signs of improvement from last season already. I think. He's he's doing more defensively now. He's doing more defensively, winning the ball back more. I just think we just need to not shout to him and just kind of keep that attacking, that element of when he gets the ball, just keep driving forward, keep driving forward, keep putting the balls in the box. If no one's even getting on the ends of your balls, like we've seen a few times, just keep putting the balls in the box. Keep doing what you're doing. And then eventually people will kind of latch on to the way this guy plays and we'll build. But I think, like I said earlier about the Gusto thing, I think keeping Mudrick with the same defender behind him will help him in the long term because he's still learning English, he's still developing English, he's still developing knowledge of the English game itself and the physicality and the speed. And I think having that consistent person behind him, so someone like Achua when he comes back, that can kind of talk him through the game, has been there, done that over the years in, in the English game, will help him. Yeah, Poch, I don't want to see Chilwell left wing when he returns, please. But like, I, you know, that 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 was a thing that happened at the start of the season, and I was like patient with it. Uh, but seeing the performances we've seen from Mudrick and Nonny, you know, in recent weeks, there's no excuse to go back to that. Um, and Dieter, second question: opinion on the baffling first half? I mean, Dieter, to be honest, I there's, I've probably seen first halves probably quite similar to that. It was just, I think, a case of just Chelsea just being 
slow, probably not just not moving ball quick enough, trying to be patient, trying to ball Preston out, but just, you know, just not quite going at the intensity required. Like it was the first half of not a lot happened, but there was never really any sense of danger or whatever. Just like a, it can just be a typical first half you sort of see against a, a lower league side. I like, yeah, the first half was frustrating. It wasn't a pretty watch and I was bored. And I said to Gabs at halftime, I'm like, mate, try, you need to try get, get a roof off of that first half because that is, that is dull. But like, it's it's cup football and in the end Chelsea power through in the second half. And look, we probably didn't overexert ourselves much yesterday as well. So I wouldn't yeah. It was it was a poor first half, but you know, it, it was also like yeah, fine. It's probably also what happens when you don't have that, you know, fullbacks, you know, natural fullbacks or suddenly, you know, on either side to help. Uh you don't necessarily have that movement. Um but anyway, yeah. Next question comes in from Dean Osborne. Why are we not more consistent? This should have been done and dusted by half time. Um, Dean, to be fair, I think in another day that probably is done, dusted by half time. If Palmer puts away that chance, Fenzo doesn't head straight to the keeper. Like Chelsea could have been 2 0 up in that half first half. And also, why are we not more? Well, why are we not more consistent? One, because it's a young team. Like we have got a lot of young players out there. It's not going to be consistent. It's going to be frustrating. And also, as I said, one, if we've got players not necessarily playing in their natural positions, that's probably not going to help loads either. Poch, and we'll go on to Poch in a sec. But, like, yeah, it should have been done dusted by half-time. Yeah, probably should have. It was done and dusted by the hour mark. Like, it was done dusted 50 minutes. Yeah, game, game one, later, game one. So. Cup, does, you know, it's one, done. In the hat. Cheers. Yeah, exactly. And cup football, I'll be honest, I don't really care about performance. Like, cup football is all about the result. So, exactly. we got Newcastle, that done. We don't care about performance. It's done. Job done. It's all we care about. In the hat. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Uh, next question comes in from Downhill. What did you think of a four-two-three-one? Is it a viable solution going forward? Um, and we'll go on to his second question in a bit. Uh, Gaz, thoughts on four-two-three-one? I mean, I don't mind a four-two-three-one, but I'd kind of prefer it if you've got your fullbacks in there. If you're playing with like proper fullbacks, like that, I just feel there's such a a caveat of it. And also, I mean, to Dan's question, four-two-three-one is it viable going forward? Yes, but also, like, let's be real. I think quite a lot of us would probably have. Conor Gallagher back in that side, you know, yeah. for um, or for Middlesbrough in the week, and certainly for Fulham yeah. at the weekend, which would then mean you know probably you know playing a four three three. Certainly, we do not want Enzo Fernandez playing higher up. We saw the effectiveness we can be when he is in that yeah. deeper role yesterday. So then it would be a question of what do you do with you know Conor coming in for one of the one of those attacking players there, Dan. But for sure, I think you know. Is it is Gab? Do you think it's an option move, a viable option moving forward? I mean, I think so, but also like is Preston in the cup? Maybe it's something we can see, depending on you know who we get in the next round of the FA Cup. To say maybe it's something we can see there again, etc. You know, but also it it depends because depending on who we get, it would be quite nice. We didn't have to necessarily roll out Moises Caicedo yeah. and Enzo Fernandez for for a cup tie against Preston. Uh, you know, we, it was a pretty strong side from Poch, all things considered. Um, but just yeah, thoughts on do you think do you see four two three one as a viable? Solution going forward and just general thoughts on it. I can, but I can't because I've got a feeling once he gets Chilwell and a few of us back, I've got a feeling he may go up to five back. Just because think about it, we've got so many centre backs on the books. We're all, and I know he has a thing for playing lots of centre backs. I've just got a feeling he might go to five at the back and then just might get some more natural width in there. We've got Chilwell on one side, Gusto on the other. So I've got a feeling, we'll see anyway. But I've got a feeling we we could get into a position where Potter becomes a bit of a potter and likes to just change the formation in game and stuff like that. 
and adapt. Um, we'll see. But we don't know what's going on at the training ground. It could be things in the yeah, pipeline. It, it was also worth pointing out, talking about this four two three one. Uh, and Kunku's got a hip injury and is out for, for three weeks or so. So that, that's just wonderful news to, to hear. Um, oh, is it three so weeks? That obviously... Yeah, so that probably, you know, affects it a little bit as well, because I said in that, you know, position, when maybe you've got that actual number 10, etc. Us being down sort of a player who can play in that position, maybe it makes it slightly less viable because, again, Palmer sort of in the 10, we, I think we both like agree that he is probably better at the moment, certainly in time, certainly out, you know, on that right rather than being in the middle. So maybe, you know, we've been thinking about maybe the four two three one against certainly Premier League opponents is probably not the way to go. Maybe in the Cups we can get away with this because I said Cole Palmer, I didn't think was that influential yesterday. He walks away with an assist because he gets puts in a good cross and in the end he has a fairly tidy game but you certainly, you know, not his best game and best utilised right now in that position. Dan, second question. Uh, what about a word on team for Chelsea youngsters get some game time? Is this genuine thing or lip service do you think? Not that I want to be cynical, just curious. Because uh, Gabs, obviously, you know, Alfie Gilchrist does get a start. Um David Washington comes on for Armando Breyer. Michael Golding comes on for Enzo Fernandez. Um, obviously, it's you know quite nice you know to see that. Obviously, my slight frustration with Poch is Conor Gallagher coming on for Cole Palmer. Like I think you're three 0 up. There's no Conor Gallagher has played ninety ninety five percent of minutes for Chelsea this season. There's no need to bring him on. Then can you not bring on? I think someone his else? thinking I... probably may have had loot in the back of his head where. You know, one could lead to two, so you could lead to three. So it's just kind of a case of get a steady, calm head. Well, I think calm, calmish head in there. Just Essentially, to kind of, yeah. yeah well, I would say yeah. Preston had basically offered nothing since nothing, you know, no. made that in that first half. So, yeah, I mean, Martin's on the bench, but again, he's maybe off to Dortmund. So, is, are we trying to, you know, be careful with him there? Obviously, I guess for yeah. one, you know, there's two goalkeepers on the bench. So, as, as you know, just standard Poch and Dylan, Dylan Williams, the, the young left back who I know basically he next to nothing about, was also on the bench. That was also one of my frustrations with Poch. You know, Gusto stays on the 90 minutes when he's our only fit, you know, right back like Poch. Yeah, really. it was a bit. Um, anyway, just Gab's thoughts on, on sort of the youngsters getting game time? Because obviously, we've seen Alfie Gilchrist come off the bench in the last two, you know, Premier League games as well to sort of try and help us see a game out. Just what do you think of them getting game time? Do you think it's like genuine thing or lip service? Because like, I think for me, it's sort of a little bit of both. Like I think in someone like Gilchrist, I think there's genuinely a case now that the evidence is there now that he is someone yeah. we can see moving forward. But probably for someone like a David Washington, I mean, David Washington, I think it's just a game situation. Like he's probably not meant to really be the first team squad this season. He's probably meant to be going on loan or going on loan. But, you know, we've probably... Because of our inability to move people like Ziyech off, Kepper off, uh, they've taken up a loan spot and, you know, he's paid a consequence. And then I feel like someone like Michael Golding is probably just like, you know, he's in the squad and the game time perfect situation. I would be surprised if I, you know, I wouldn't expect to see, you know, him feature much more this season. Maybe, you know, if it's if we're in a similar situation in the next round of a cup or whatever. But just, just thoughts on it. Because for me, it's probably a bit of both. Like, I think Alfie Gilchrist, there's probably a role to have for him to play potentially moving forward, not huge, but still a role to have involved. But I'm maybe less sure on the likes of Washington, albeit though, you know, with Jackson off at AFCON, Washington, I guess, is our, our you know, our second yeah. choice striker now. Um, and then, yeah, I would maybe read too much into Golding, who nearly scored, by the way. He nearly he he did. He probably very... could have, but he just couldn't adjust his body, could he? Time. Yeah. But Gab just thought so on, on the on the subs and the sort of the, the use of the youth. Do you think it's genuine lip service, bit of both? I think a bit both, really. Things like how many injuries we've got currently got at the moment. There's not really that much depth on the bench if you're willing to kind of give some players a rest. And I think with Burrow in mind as well, Silver and Gallagher on, obviously, to just calm heads to see out the game. 
But I think other than that, yeah, you don't really want to be risking many other players that are your usual squad players for the Borough game. For the Wimbledon, Wimbledon, that's League Cup. (laughs) For the um, Preston game with Borough in mind. So I get Tillman's, I actually get his subs for once. They actually, for me, they made sense. They actually made sense. Yeah, give some guys time to just kind of get to the speed of with the game, you know, debuts as well. I've actually got no problem with it. No problem with it. Those are the sort of games you want to be given the youth chances to make an impression, to get used to the feel of playing for Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Not games like where we've seen come on in the last few minutes against Brentford when we're chasing a goal. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, and said... Dan, it's a, it, you know, the FA Cup third round weekend is kind of sort of a weekend, but if you've got a kind draw and if everything's gone to plan, it is one of those weekends you kind of want to see new blood. I feel FA Cup third round kind of just general is that that vibe for a lot of Premier League teams. Obviously, you know, from a fan perspective, it's South Bridget's a game where a lot of families will sort of go and take their kids to their first game. It was my first, my first ever Chelsea game live was was the FA Cup. So, and you'd again, just, you know, it's quite nice that sort of players as well, some of the young players get, get that opportunity there as well. So, yeah, Dan, like... I said I'm not going to read too much into into it, but when you bring on young players, it's always like a feel good story, and you kind of see that little clip of Michael Golding sort of smile before he comes on the pitch as well. Like that's like a dream come true for him as well. So, like some of it, as I said, some of it is genuine, some of it is you know perhaps a bit lip service and you know just symbolism, saying like yeah, you know Chelsea, we are kind of kind of open. Like you know, I, Dan, I, if I was a betting man, I would be betting on Michael Golding. But you know, I couldn't. We've, we've confidence say Michael Golding. You know, this is the start of a, a long, fruitful career for. For Michael Golding, hopefully it is. Um, but we, we just don't know. But yeah, like it was, yeah, it was fine. It's probably a bit of both. And the final question comes in from RJ. What did you make of Pochettino's performance all round, ranging from starting eleven selection to the first and second half in game management? Gabs, go off. Oh right, team. Okay, I was fairly happy with it. Gil Chris debut. Brewer getting a good chance now, have a run at the team. Or Madueke rested, good, you know, played you know the last two games. So you can tell now that he's majorly part of his plans that he's given him a rest. Good chance to Mudrick as well to get some minutes and press in the cup. Sterling, obviously, we haven't seen for a few games. So that made sense, bringing in the Sterling to kind of stick a claim ahead of Burr on Tuesday. So, yeah, and also Colwell centre-back finally. That was nice. No, I had nothing wrong with the team, really. I think, like we said earlier, I think Matson must be off for him not to play. You know, he's in the Championship team of the season last year, playing at left-back against the Championship team. You think, right, that's a good chance for him to come in and play left-back, but no, he must he must be off if that's happening and not, not get on the pitch. Um, no, credit where due, Potts did earn his money yesterday, I thought, because I don't know what he said to them at half-time, but it worked. It worked. Because they came out a different side, they came out of more urgency. Second half, the, they got the crowd involved as well. There was just a raise of decibels from the crowd, which suggested there was more effort and desire going into it. Because the first half was very training ground like. And what was significant to me as well, Potts didn't stand up once in that first half. Didn't get out of his seat once. Second half, from the go, stood on the edge of his touchline. So just little differences like that I noticed yesterday, which can impact performance. Subs? Yeah, no. yeah, I've got no issues. We've got a cut game. We've got a cut semi-final on Tuesday. 
Game's done. Get them off. And then, you know, Madweke, Gallagher, Silva, case of kind of keep the, keep the boys ticking, get some minutes in them. And, you know, for Madweke, I guess, try and add some more goals, keep the confidence going. I think he did. I think he had a good, good performance again. And, yeah, job done. In the hat. Tuesday, will we see changes? Probably a few. But I wouldn't be surprised if a team is quite similar. Yeah, no, fair enough. I imagine maybe we'll see Gusto at right back, Gilchrist drops out. I'd imagine, you know, you've got Colwell at left back, maybe, and you've got Dazazi and Silva uh, at the back, maybe. Uh, Gallagher, maybe in for one of Sterling or, or Madrid, maybe. But yeah, I think it'll be fairly similar to to what we saw. And Arjez said, you know, I said, the starting 11, you know, people will go, yeah, it's a bit strong, obviously. But then you look at the bench and who we had, like, who would really, people really you know, have wanted to see, I don't think any of us were necessarily think, like, thinking those of the youngsters would were, were starting and, you know, all of them bar Dylan Williams did did come on. So, you know, we did did see that as well. And as I said, yeah, first, I said, first half was just like, felt like Potts, just like a lot of the players were sort of like going through the motions, waiting for something to click. And then obviously it didn't. So he kind of took charge at half time. Obviously fired a rocket up him and the second half we did come out and said second half, you know, I did, you know, did quite like, obviously, I guess people at the time had been frustrated. I think when Silver comes on for Gilchrist, because you're thinking, is it really necessary? But I think Gilchrist was sort of cramping up about that bit and it is his first senior start. So I do get that. Silver comes on, heads home, the second goal. Obviously, I guess people would, you know, argue at that point, could you not bring on a Martson or a, or a, or a, or a Dylan Williams? And then you can, you know, Gusto can be right back in his position, you know, et cetera. And, you know, you can keep maybe Carl Send back whatever, but you know, that's just sort of minor points. And then said, Yeah, subs for Peffel. Well, well, Nonny comes on for, for Mudrick and uh, Nonny, you know, that was a really good 30 minutes from him. Could have got a goal, he was just lively when he when he come on. Uh, that was good. Connor again, you know, 15 minutes, you know, obviously that's a bit, you know, maybe a bit of a gripe. Is he necessarily needed to to play, you know, that 15 minutes? Um, could, could maybe in that point, could you bring on, I don't know, someone like Dylan Williams? I don't know, could you bring on? you know martin but we've gone over martin he's probably off so why risk it um yeah dave washington comes on for Breyer as well that time and then as i said you know golding friends of the h and up and it could michael golding have come on a few minutes earlier maybe but like in general i don't really have many gripes with certainly that second half in-game management the first half performance was just really slow boring and obviously i think that's what happens when you don't have fullbacks you know playing with you know, and you've got one actual fullback on the pitch but he's not in his in his natural position so no it was that was it was it was yeah it was fine RJ like it's not one to really sort of over over analyze it was a cup game against a lower league opposition and Chelsea got the job done probably playing about 60 70 percent of of their capacity and what they're capable of you know and they said the early rounds of the cup it's just about getting through like how many of us really remember when Chelsea have gone on and what gone on to win an FA Cup like that third round tie or that fourth round tie against opposition like it doesn't really matter like let's be honest when we reach the FA Cup final a couple of seasons ago under under Thomas Tuchel. Do any of us actually really remember that no, FA exactly. Cup run? Like, no, we played lower league opposition till the semi final when we played Crystal Palace, and you know some of those games we made a bit of hard work of, and they weren't the most convincing, but we got through in the end, and that's all that all that really mattered. In the end, we made pretty light work of, of Preston. So I'm not going to really, you know, go overboard or make too many judgments or conclusions from that game. I said it was it was fine, it was job done. And Gab, just on, just on a, a side point to Adjo's question, it is three wins in a row, and it does feel that although there's been moments in these games where Chelsea have like played really well, I, said, I thought Crystal Palace that first half was actually, you know, mo- 
from minute five of a Crystal Palace game to just before we conceded that was really good from us. For Luton away, I thought that first sort of 60, 65 minutes was was really good. Some of the best you'll see from a team at Luton this season. Uh, and then, you know, yesterday, today, yesterday, that second half was was a lot better. So, there, you know, been moments in games where, you know, we've just done what's needed. But Gav's also just quite nice that we're talking about Chelsea just taking care of business and just getting the job done. This is like a run of fixtures we are now in. Obviously, after Wolves, I felt it was just kind of crucial that we just did put a run of wins together. And, you know, since Wolves, we have won three in a row. We've obviously two of those in the Premier League. You know, first first part of cup football is ticked. There's a, two games against Middlesbrough to sort out now. And there's a game, you know, against Fulham in between. But it's, it does feel this sort of period. I'm kind of willing to be fairly lenient on Poch and the performance in general if we just get any results in this period because there's quite a lot of football we're playing in this period and realistically all the rematches are Chelsea progressing in the cups and, you know, just trying to climb up that Premier League table. So I'm kind of willing to be leaning on some, you know, elements of the performance and maybe some in-game management of points because, you know, if Chelsea getting the job done, I can't really complain because that's what, that, that we're at that stage where in this period of fixtures where I think really that is all that matters, getting the job done. It doesn't really, you know, it, a lot of said three of the six games are cup football. So all that really matters is Chelsea getting the job done and that is what we are doing at this moment in time. Yeah, agreed. Up until Liverpool now, just get the job done. But how you win, you just got to keep winning now. With one point off Newcastle in the league. It's mental to think we're even saying that. Especially after they beat us 4-0. It's just the case now, 4-1, sorry. Just the case now, we just need to just... Professional performances, get the job done. Then we can start playing these youth players once the job is done and just consolidate and see that games. But key thing to me yesterday is actually the clean sheet. That was that. I think that mentally will do something big for them. For that defense, just keep the clean sheet, and hopefully we'll build on that now going into the next two big games next week. Yeah, no, exactly. And as I said, you know, Middlesbrough midweek Tuesday. Hopefully Chelsea, you know, can do you know get themselves one foot in a in a semi final. Said the second leg at Stamford Bridge is pretty good. So you know, if Chelsea can just even if it is just a narrow one goal lead or something to take back to Stamford Bridge, that's still a good position for Chelsea to be and take him out second leg back to, to Stamford Bridge and then said there's an opportunity with Fulham every weekend where if Chelsea, you know, win that, they can temporarily go go up to, you know, eighth or maybe even as high as high as seventh. You know, Newcastle play Manchester City um later later in the day on, on the Saturday and on the Sunday, you know, Man United are at home to Spurs. So that, you know, that could potentially be another tricky afternoon for Eric Ten Hag, etc. And obviously, you know, because there's I think various teams now are going to have their winter breaks or whatever at at various points, because next weekend there's only a few Premier League games sort of uh, scheduled. Uh, so, yeah, you, about half the teams have a will go into like a little break. Of this. So it's an opportunity for us, you know, to then temporarily, you know, go go seventh next week, and then all of a sudden, you know, European football doesn't look that far off. Um, and then, you know, if you can be through in the cups, etc. And all of a sudden, they say it's all about just trying to paint the paint the picture, eh? just like make it look a bit look a bit brighter, look at look a bit happier. Because said in a in about a week's time, etc., we could be talking about Chelsea being having one step, uh, one foot in a Wembley final and being, you know, as high as seventh in the Premier League potentially, uh, and just feeling quite good about ourselves uh, for the first time in a while. So that's, I think, just important. As I said, this period is just about getting the job job done to see what what's yeah. later. Because said we need to just get the job done because we kind of messed up a bit at the start of the season with some of those those games we dropped points in, etc., and you know having to claw claw it back a bit. But if we can just be in the running, basically for a form of European football, you know, preferably the Europa League, and then you know just go through the cups. Then you know Chelsea can be on still for a, a fairly decent season, all things can considered. But yeah, Gav, did you just have any, wanting anything you wanted to add? 
Yeah, I just think the beauty of this period as well is with all the, with the club competitions and the league, it's just it's a really good chance to see how decent the squad is and see all of the squad play and potentially stake a claim for a spot. And I think they'll be hungering there. They're young team, as you discussed. People will be coming back from injuries. And it's just, a, I think, this, I like this period of the season because it's always a really good chance for players to stake a claim. And that's what I want to see. I don't want to see what we saw in the first half. I know, yes, we won. And, you know, we're in the hat. Good stuff. But there, there should be some players in there just that we saw in the second half wanted, wanted to give it more, wanted to be up for it. Stick claim. So it's going to be a, you know, I know we haven't got Champions League, Europe, or anything in this second half of the season. But after the League Cup, say, what, Feb? We're approaching business end, and there's not really many games to many other players. If Potter's got a set of 11 with no injuries to stake a claim, yeah, learning exactly. And he said in these last sort of in this last little period, we've we've seen people like Nonny, who we probably maybe assume was out the door potentially in January now, make a claim, make a make a claim, and you're thinking, yeah, he is definitely part of the plans moving forward. So I said, you know, this period, Chelsea have won three games in a row. Sure, they've not been the most convincing at points. There's been bits to like him and bits to be frustrated about, etc. But Chelsea are kind of just getting the job done. And, you know, considering Chelsea basically couldn't get the job done in games last season, the fact we're kind of doing it this season is already, you know, just a, a step in the right direction and said, it's that part of the season, you know, cut football, just get the job done, get get your, get your name the hat through to the next round and just see what, what the draw has, has for you in the same, you know, can we just, you know, keep gradually gradually climbing, etc. No reason to go overboard. Chelsea are kind of right now just doing what we're expecting, doing, you know, what is required and sort of doing the bare minimum. But again, they said Chelsea were not doing that last season. We were not doing that at points throughout the start of this season. So it's quite nice for us to just be in that that place right now where, you know, we're doing all right. You know, things can look things can look up and say it's three wins in a row into the fourth round, hopefully get a kind draw when when that draw is made or, or on Monday and then, you know, just get, you know, focus on Middlesbrough midweek and then, you know, Focus on for them, then focus on Middlesbrough, etc. Focus on the next round of the cup before that. You know there'll be that that Liverpool game, etc. So now there's opportunity to just progress in the cup, make progress, and just give this season something to to look forward to because it is crucial. This season has you know we have something to look forward to uh, beyond beyond just league football and just trying to qualify for some form of European competition. So no, it's been been you know another successful weekend for Chelsea. Um, so that is going to wrap it up for this week of that Chelsea pod. I will thank Gabs for coming on. Gabs, before you go, give yourself one last plug where people can find you. You can find me on Twitter. Well, X is people apparently now call it. Um, one GFB. Um, yeah, a lot of League 2 rounds on there at the moment. So, brace yourself. Lovely, lovely stuff. Uh, as for us, we're on Twitter or X about Chelsea Pod, Instagram about Chelsea Pod. We're on all your usual podcast platform providers, Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to leave a rating review. It goes a long, long way uh, whenever I tweet the pod out. And if you follow us, any likes or reposts go a long way again. just helps get it out onto other people's timeline. And yeah, folks, we'll be back. There'll be a pod, should be a pod in your feed Wednesday morning as we look back at hopefully Chelsea making one big step forward to a Wembley final Tuesday night. But until the next episode, keep the blue flag flying high. Sports Social Podcast Network.